Well, hello there. Greetings, salutations, welcome, have a seat. Join us for a discussion of virtual reality here on the VR Download, brought to you by Upload VR. My name is David Jagno. I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm going to be joined by my fellow in crime, Jamie Feltham. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Today. I've been told that I, I feel I've been told I'm speaking through a tin can. I sound like I'm speaking through a tin can. That is a Which, generous description of what your mic sounds like. <laughs> give, give me a good like impersonation of what it sounds like. Do I? Am I like really muffled? Is it like? So it, it sounds. It sounds a little bit like if the Mandalorian had three other helmets on top of his helmet. <laughs> That's basically so what it sounds so, like. I still sound like Pedro Pascal, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like Joel from The Last of Us now. That's what we have to say. <laughs> Um, hello, everyone. Hello. How are you doing today? Welcome uh, to Chris. Welcome to Luca, G-Dog, Katiam, Crispy G-Dog. Luca, Adam Hartzell. Hello. Hello, everybody. Adam. A quick shout yeah, out to all of our members here on YouTube. If you want to be a financial supporter of the channel, you can hit the join button to become a member. You get a cool little icon next to your name in chat like Adam has. You also get cool yeah. emotes to use in chat. Uh, so a specific thank you to Dominique Fretchman, John Westra, B.R. Shaw, Timmy Brown, and Adam Hartzell for being our supportive members here on YouTube. Uh, always thank you to you guys. And uh, we have a little bit of a lighter show today than usual. There's not really any super big new releases to really dig into too much. Uh, we have a few games we're going to be discussing and uh, some news down at the end of the show. But uh, for the most part, it's going to be... A more laid back show, I kind of feel like, and you know that's not a bad thing. It's uh, we need it's like nice a to, to hang out with you, here. Jamie. Yeah, little fireplace, maybe a little gin or a whiskey, virtual one of those, a little sip that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we gotta we gotta change the environment to a balcony so we can sit out on it and smoke cigars like in Boston Legal. <laughs> and we're just wearing fancy dressing gowns. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, before we get into the show. I do want to say that this show is brought to you by our sponsor. See, that's the part where we would talk about our sponsor, but we don't have one. <laughs> so if like, you'd like to become a sponsor, send us an email to ads at uploadvr.com and uh, give us money and we'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about. There you go. I was like, it's that do, simple. Do we have a sponsor? I'm so excited. And like, I thought there was going to like... <laughs> Like some brand of toothpaste would just like shoot across Stevie and it'd be like, whoa, amazing. No, no sponsor, unfortunately. And everyone, uh, tell us what you've been playing in the chat if you'd like. And uh, while you do that, Jamie, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Thank you, David. Uh, I've been playing uh, Vanishing Grace this week, which came out on the Oculus Quest Store some 40 minutes ago. Uh, this is the first game from Monte. I'm not going to try and pronounce that name, but uh, it's, it's uh, a I believe it's game. Monte Perido. Oh well, thank you. That's yeah, sure. that sounds like know. it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a story-driven game. Uh, like I said, just came out on the Oculus Quest. Uh, I've got a review up on the website right now. I called it like a almost like a um, Firewatch light kind of adventure. If you enjoyed uh, Firewatch, that story-driven game, kind of walking simulators, people call them. Uh, then this is probably one for you to check out. It's a very, very pleasant little 90-minute experience. Um, you play as a character called Joel, 
who goes in search of his missing friend Grace, so vanishing Grace, um, on her hovercraft across the desert. And you kind of like retrace her steps, stop at certain locations, um, see what she got up to. And also then like in this hovercraft environment, you kind of like interact with some of the artifacts she left behind, hear what she's been doing. Um, and I, I, get, I gave it a three out of five uh, in my review. So a good, a good on the upload scale. I really like a lot of things about Vanishing Grace. First of all, this hovercraft where you spent most of the game is just a really, really fantastically realized environment with lots of really cool like puzzles, things to interact with, and lots of nice little story touches. It's a very cozy space. There's like a little bedroom at the back with like some hanging vines and then like a compact little shower and stuff like that and like a guitar. Um, it's a real, it's a game to like kind of like just drink in and, and kind of bathe in the warm light of than it mm. is you know play the, yeah. the, the puzzling elements are very like light they're small and you know you can you can run through the whole thing in about like i said an hour and a half probably but i liked it it's it's definitely got issues it's definitely like the first project from a developer just finding their uh finding their feet in vr but it was it was really pleasant I think that's the the best thing I could say about it. It was just you know really pleasant ninety minutes in VR essentially. It kind of sort of reminds me a little bit of an abbreviated version of Red Matter, kind of a little bit. Mm, yeah, kind of. It's it's very much set along the same kind of like storytelling techniques and tones. Um, uh-huh. And I, I like that you say abbreviated because I I did say it feels like an abridged Firewatch essentially, and that's one of the core issues with the game. Like. Outside of this hovercraft environment, there are like two or three other environments in the game, and those feel very empty, not a lot going on there. And then the story probably isn't quite as fleshed out as I would have liked it to have been. Like, you do communicate communicate with characters, you do get to like have some dialogue choices, but it's kind of only sparsely delivered through an already short game, so it doesn't feel like there's much substance mm. there. Even though the even though like it deals with some quite heavy themes. Um, yeah, and I, I would have liked to have seen them explored more, but I, again, I, I I liked it. I thought it was good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely seems like one of those things where um, it's kind of going back to like the 2016 era of VR, where it feels like an introduction to a larger game that doesn't exist yet, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, for sure. you know that, that that's the case with a lot of indie stuff, and it's you know it's not really no no fault of their own. You know, it's a small team; they don't have funding. It's as first project. So I think it's important that we, you know, recognize and celebrate what it does well. And because I feel like if you look back at a lot of um, the great VR games, you can look, you can sort of trace it back almost in a way like with Skydance, you know, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners was incredible, but Archangel and Archangel Hellfire came before it. (laughs) And so they, you know, kind of gradually built up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the best comparison because I remember playing Archangel and then, learning that team was going to do a Walking Dead game. And I immediately, ironically, I immediately wrote that off because I thought that would be the bad Walking Dead game and Servius would make the good Walking Dead game. And then it turned out to actually be uh, the other way around. They, and, and these guys are <laughs> yeah. really talented artists as well. I mean, just look at this key art. I think this yeah, this, absolutely this featured art here like, is more appealing than most art I've seen for like any VR game. Like they've yeah, the framing, sure. the colors, the like everything is so just enticing. It gives me like kind of back to the future vibes almost in a way. And it just, it looks mm. really, really appealing. 
Yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's cool. And I think, you know, we always say that the walking simulator genre, which I hate that term, but it's just what, what has become to be called that, you know, games like, uh, Firewatch, uh, dearest, uh, uh, vanishing of Ethan Carter, that kind of thing. Um, I do think those speak particularly well to VR. And we haven't seen many of them that are actually specifically made for VR. And I do think this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, shows you what it can bring in terms of like interactivity. So instead of like finding a screwdriver and then just pressing a button to use it, you are actually going and, you know, taking off screws or using a wrench or putting out fires and whatnot. Um, and, mm-hmm. then, and then there is this kind of, we're looking at the cockpit here on the TV. There is this kind of, light mechanic about actually driving the craft and you know you've got these different systems here that one of the one of the things i think is a missed opportunity is there's there's like the ingredients here for like a cool kind of like little maintenance mini game within the game uh where as you were going along you could you know make sure you were keeping up with everything but it's actually just each each one of these represents like an individual puzzle you'll come to at some point within that hour to fix it and then you'll kind of forget about that system again which is you know, it's a bit of a shame. They they had the foundation for more gamey elements in it, but they focused on the story, which I totally respect as well. Well, perhaps in uh, reappearing grace, we will get a more robust. Grace is back. Yeah. Welcome back. Cool. Grace. Well, that, that game sounds cool. How much does it cost? I think it's 20 bucks. So it's a pretty hefty price, actually, um, okay. for that uh yeah for about an hour and a half worth of content so i don't know if you know if you're if you're interested in vr storytelling then it's a, a much easier recommendation than say if you're hoping for you know something far more uh interaction based and and gamey it's definitely not for you but. sure cool uh let's turn to the comments here let's see some of the games that other people have been playing lately um it looks like we've got some people talking about synth vr elite dangerous which uh, that game has a lot of content. You can play that game forever, basically. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Putt recently to. got an, an upgraded update, which is cool. I, I really like Putt a lot. Streaming that game was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Saints yeah. and Sinners again, which if you missed our article on Friday, um, Saints and Sinners, uh, Skydance told us that they are not finished yet, I believe was the quote, or there's more to come. I, I can't remember how he phrased it, uh, but they are going to be working on additional DLC for that game is what it sounds like. Um, so we've is, talked a little bit about the prospect. That's sorry, specifically, go on. sorry, new, new content for Saints and Sinners, not potentially a sequel or anything. Um, uh, he kind of alluded to an additional project in the future, but I think first they're going Ooh. to work on more content for the existing game. Um, cool. he, he basically said now that all three versions, PC, PSVR, and Quest are all uh, the same. They all have the same DLC. They have the trial. The meat grinder update is on everything. Um, there's a, essentially parity across platforms. Now they can kind of move forward with new content that will hopefully release on all of them simultaneously is kind of what he alluded to. I don't think he wants to make that promise right now, but um, Skynance um, did say that they're going to be working on more content for Saints and Sinners specifically. So that's uh, cool. that's good stuff. It's exciting. I'm, I'm hoping for story-based DLC. That's what I would like. Um, I think that's what most people would like. A multiplayer yeah, sure. would be cool, but it doesn't sound likely. Uh, they basically said, you know, back in the uh, beginning phases of development, they had multiplayer in mind and they kind of thought about it, but they shifted their focus. And, you know, going back and adding multiplayer to a game like this now would just, I mean, you might as well just make a sequel at that point. 
Um, yeah, so I'm, sure. I'm guessing if they do a sequel, I fingers crossed it will have multiplayer. Um, but I wouldn't expect it for this game, um, probably. I think they're going to do can story you, DLC is what my, my feeling imagine, was. Can you imagine like the absolute havoc and terror that multiplayer is going to bring to this series. Like when you're, when you're talking to like with someone that wants like help with a mission and then let's, let's say you're playing cooperatively with, you know, gamers that might be more trolls, like, like Xena Alibaby. I'll just say it. She, she'll just throw, a, she'll just throw an ax into that person's head while I'm trying to do a mission. And then we'll be stuck. And that will be my entire experience with the sequel to the walking dead. If they do go up, which will, which will be lovely. Sorry, sorry, Xena. But you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Crispy Luca, you do you do make a good point. He was very clear that he's not ruling out multiplayer. Um, just said that it would be extremely difficult. And um, the the feeling I got from the tone of his voice was more, yeah, we would love to do multiplayer maybe in the next one. And I don't think he said that mm. exactly, but that's the vibe that I got. Mm. Um, and let's see, Cyber Tennis. That's one of the new App Lab games, Adam. I haven't tried it yet. Um, I'll, maybe we'll have to do some impressions on it because that one's $15. So it's one of the pricier app lab games and it just came out, I think yesterday. So maybe we'll have to check that one out. Looked a little cranky. I must say I did watch the trailer and thought, yeah, the footage. Um, yeah, I I don't know if anyone remembers back when the original riff came out back before touch existed. Um, there was a game Mm. called VR tennis online Yeah, and I believe that was made by, Oh geez, whoever did the uh, the Kuma Lemmings game? I think it was the same developer. It's awful. Yeah, and and Kalapal, yes. Um, th- it was not a good game. VR Tennis Online was not good. I think I gave it a three out of ten. It was like the lowest reviewed Rift launch game. <laughs> and Cyber Tennis looks similar. So I do- I don't know. I'm gonna caveat. I haven't tried Cyber Tennis, but it looks similar. So I have trepidation going in. Um, so I, I would I would. Try to look up some footage and stuff of Cyber Tennis, hopefully, and see what other people think. That's what Apple Apps about at the end of the day. <laughs> it's it's your risk. It's all on your head if you're going to pay 15 bucks for something on Apple Apps. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for your feedback and comments. It sounds like everyone's been having a lot of fun in VR. There's a lot of stuff to play right now if you're um, not fully caught up, which is awesome. Um, I think there was one other game that you wanted to touch to talk about specifically, Jamie, Rhythm of the Universe that you've been playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if anyone checked out the uh, Steam Games Festival uh, earlier this week and at the end of last week. Uh, they had a bunch more VR demos. They do this a couple of times a year now. Um, and I finally, it's taken me a while, but I finally checked out the demo for Rhythm of the Universe colon Ionia, which is a long, long name. It's, it's a VR series coming from uh, Rotu, which is spelled out within the universe, so they're clearly very committed to the series. Um, we're putting some gameplay up on that I recorded up on uh, the screen right now. This game that that's was, some good was, facial animations on that NPC. Yep. That looks good. I was anticipating this being you know kind of boring, kind of dull. And just you know, I thought it might look nice, but then lots of games you see on Steam VR can look nice, but then they're just you know ungodly simple to play or broken or buggy or whatnot. Um, uh-huh. This really, really surprised me in terms of the graphic fidelity, which isn't coming across great on the, the screen right now, but absolutely go watch it on YouTube uh, if you're interested in this at all. Kind of interactivity with the environment. It's a very well-realized world of kind of musical interaction mixed with like fantastical wildlife. 
And the mechanics are kind of simple. There's just climbing. There's some puzzles involved. Um, at one point, I had like a xylophone that I had to like kind of match uh, the notes on. And this, it's like five minutes of what I, I'd imagine will end up being only like, an again, an hour-long experience or something like that. But visually, it kind of took my breath away. And I think yeah, I'm I mean, really this, looking forward to Even the, the flat footage here is is doing wonders. I mean, it looks like they've really put a lot of thought into the world and making it feel and look unique. And um, it kind of gets some like almost Wonderland meets Morrowind vibes, which is a weird mm. combination. It looks really cool yeah, though. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is coming out in Q2 of this year. It's coming to PCVR, but I think it was delayed out of last year because I think they're also going to bring it to Quest and PSVR, which obviously will take hits in the visuals department. Um, and that's a big draw for me right now. So this might be the kind of thing that you should seek out on uh, on PC VR if, if you have the choice. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Other than that, the Steam Games Festival was kind of there was some interesting stuff. There was a funny game that we uh, we streamed it earlier this week called Toss, where you were a uh, you're a monkey and you you essentially did this. You climbed uh, environments and threw yourself around and stuff. That was fun. But the Steam game. This speaks to a wider issue with Steam, I feel. The Steam Games Festival was kind of introduced, if you remember, last year as a way of like better curating some stuff on Steam, kind of like paying attention to some of the better looking games out there. And I feel like it's just very quickly descended into opening the floodgates, letting any old demo come in, even if it's, you know, just a yeah. pile of crap, basically. And, uh, and, and it doesn't help anything really stand out anymore, you know, which... I just, mm-hmm. I just wish Valve would do more in, in that sense, especially when it comes to VR, because as we well know from our uh, short-lived live stream series, VR Roulette, bad, uh, bad VR content is really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the polar opposite issue that the Quest has, right? Where the Quest, it's uh, you get maybe one, maybe two games a week. And, you know, half the time those might be actually experiences. They might be you know, something that you're not even interested in at all. And then you get Steam where every day there's a dozen or more games and uh, they're just complete asset flips, shovelware, you know, things that probably should not have been released at all, let alone people charge for. And yeah. um, it's it's just the exact opposite problem. And so something in the middle is, it's a, I mean, it would require a full-time team. You know, you need people actively curating, playing, testing, giving feedback, like you essentially have to act as a publisher in between, mm. you know, the the actual content and the consumer. And it's, I don't think any storefront really does it um, well other, beyond like Xbox and Sony on the consoles. Um, they're the only ones that really have the manpower and funding to do anything like that. Um, so VR even doesn't have anything like that yet, I don't think. Even like the PS4 and it, moving into the PS5 era, they've kind of opened up those gates a bit more and there's stuff... On those stores, you're like, what? What's this doing here? I, I mean, I've been really, really critical of the curation policy that Oculus put in place at the start because, as as great as it is that it means you know select stuff is coming to the store and and selling really well for those developers, it's also you then have to ask yourself: Is that fair to the developers that have put like submitted really, really good games, but then for one reason or another uh, were rejected? Like. To the top, for example, I love to the top. I absolutely think that should have been on the on the Oculus Quest store. Um, but I do think you know 
I think App Lab is a nice middle ground. And, you know, hats off to Facebook for that one, because I do think they've found something to appease a lot of people with that. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, it's, it's funny timing. You know, shout out to Luca in the chat for literally saying that exact thing uh, just now. And I mm. think I think it is approaching that sort of middle ground area. But I do think that um, a lot of developers have been critical of the fact that there is zero discoverability. Um, you know, you have to provide the URL. You have to find another platform like, you know, have yep. try, try to have, you know, a website like Upload VR, write an article about it or try to have, you know, game listed on SideQuest and get it promoted on the store in SideQuest. Like those are the avenues you have to get, uh, you know, the game discovered, which is kind of unfortunate, you know, because, you know, something like AppLab, um, if they are going to still have curation and approval process, which they do, um, why not have a tab in the store, you know? Mm. E- even like even if I'm gonna say, even if you don't want to list it on the main home store page, there should at least be the optional tab on the side. Because like you have what is it like it says like home or upcoming or you know, like we have the press preview apps tab, we have like mm. different things like that. So having an app lab tab, I don't see why they can't do that. You know, have a clear disclaimer that's like very clear this is in the main store blah, blah, blah. But, you know, give give us a tab or something because otherwise a lot of these games are, no one's going to ever find them. I wonder if that side quest integration that they've got right now, which is that, you know, on official Oculus documentation, they've noted that if you want to find these places in any sort of directory, go to side quest. I wonder if we could see that evolve and that tab would be, oh, by the way, here's a link to side quest and this specific category on side quest. And maybe that comes mm-hmm. with, you know, like whenever you leave, whenever you're on Steam and you go to a developer's website, it says, just so you know, you're going off Steam. It could be like, just so you know, you're going off Facebook. Yeah, All this yeah, content yeah. has not been, you know, approved by us in this this way or the exactly. other. Exactly, yeah. But leap through to there. That could be a very neat and elegant solution because it does it's kind of unprecedented the kind of partnership they've got going with SideQuest right now and it would be cool to see it evolve for sure yeah hopefully that's that's planned i feel like i feel like it's got to be you know surely they're gonna integrate app lab a little bit more cleanly at some point i would i would hope um so well i guess we'll see about that um now i guess we can move on to some of our news topics we have a couple of cool things to talk about uh, first of all, because this is a good segue, first I'll mention the um, the first bundle of App Lab games that you can get. It's Ooh. called the Waiting for App Lab Bundle. You can read about it at uploadvr.com. It's uh, a bundle of 12 uh, indie VR games that have all been submitted to App Lab, uh, but they're not active or live on App Lab yet because they're waiting to get approved and you know the, the whole process. Um, so these developers have banded together. They bundled all their games together, all 12 of them. And for $19, you can have them right now. You can get a side-loaded version. And then once they go live on App Lab, you'll get a free key to redeem it on App Lab as well. Um, so all 12 of these games here, Songbeater, Jigsaw 360, Everyway Visualizer, uh, Perpetuum, <laughs> uh, Disc Benders, Realms of Eternity, Crazy Kung Fu, Seps Diner, Peco Peco, The Final Overs, Spacewalk VR, and Speed Cube XR. All 12 of those games are included in the Waiting for App Lab bundle. I feel very strongly in my heart about Speed Cube XR and what it's trying to do, <laughs> which is to just completely get around the name that would actually explain what it is. 
other than this picture, which obviously does a very good job. I, I have a lot of respect for the picture, but Speed Cube XR Dev, if you're out there, well done. You keep fighting the good fight. Don't let them. This it's it's like the the Hoover or the vacuum or whichever one it is of our time. They amazing Speed Cube VR available. Yeah, to Mike you for Ward, that's, I think that's uh, that's kind of the point. Like I prior to hearing about this bundle, I had heard of I think three of these games. I had heard of Songbeater. I had heard of Jigsaw because that was a controversy back when the Quest first launched. That was one of the yeah, first the games first that one. got denied. Yeah, what was that? I remember that one. Yeah, it was the first one that the, they said uh, isn't gonna isn't gonna make the store, and the developer went public with it. I remember that well. Right, right. And I'd heard of Spacewalk. Um, pretty much all these games are on side quests already. Um, so if you buy the bundle, you get access to the game immediately, so you can sideload it on side quests if you want, or you can just wait. Once each of them gets on App Lab, you'll get a code uh, from the developer, and so they've. Uh, I think earlier this morning or late last night, they already said that they've already surpassed the threshold of each developer. Their fraction of the bundle revenue is already close to $200 each, um, You know, which isn't very much, but there's still like six days left. So um, if you go ahead and, and go out there and buy this bundle, that's $19 for almost $100 worth of Quest content, which is mm. a pretty good deal. Yeah, well done to them. Uh, Mike Ward, no, they, uh, Oculus didn't really give an answer. There, there aren't any j- any adult themed puzzles. It's just, I think it's one of those apps that Oculus decided wasn't robust enough. They it didn't have enough content or something. I don't know. They, they didn't give a reason. I mean, the thumbnail is not you know incredibly attractive, is it? Sure. I think yeah. I, it's it's, I think it's I a three it's a three D three sixty jigsaw puzzle. You do little glitches. No, I mean, it's a know. simple thing, but it's interesting. And uh, Chris, that is a subjective question. So you're asking, are any of them individually worth the $20? Uh, I think that entirely depends on the person. I think there's a lot of people that would spend that for Spacewalk. I think Spacewalk is really impressive. Um, Sep's Diner is a cool restaurant management simulator type game. Um, Peco Peco is pretty pretty impressive. Um, It's very simple, but it's impressive. Uh, Realms of Eternity is probably the best looking visually. It's kind of a wave combat game where you do like ninja stuff, but it's it looks pretty good visually. Um, I think the bundles were twenty dollars personally. I think that's a good price for this. You, you get a lot of different kinds of stuff. Totally disregard. Um, Base pilot says that they they want warplanes on Appland. Yes, warplanes would be awesome. Um, warplanes Warlord that One. That, a that's a really impressive quest game that's on side quest right now. What was that, Jamie? Yeah, it's a, it's got a little demo, right? That's what that that one has. Yeah, there's a free demo, and I think you can get a larger paid version on uh, on SideQuest. It's got some impressive visuals, and uh, it's you fly planes from World War One. It's kind of like a dogfighting style game. It's pretty cool. We have a preview article up on Upload, and we have footage here on our YouTube channel that you can check out. Uh, Uchi Don, hello, hello. You're my favorite, Uchi Don. You, you're my favorite. Only you. Thank you for being here. Uh, so now we can we can move on to our other news topics. We have uh, two main ones. First of all is Population 1 is getting its Season 1 update very soon. I don't think they've given a date yet, uh, but it is. it sounds like it's it's uh, it's coming soon. What was that? It's, it's this month. Oh, it is this month. So okay, perfect. Well, that's some, some point there's only a few weeks left. So. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't know. Um, they've gone through a, f- a few of the things that are going to be included in this. There's going to be like melee weapons, which is is a pretty big deal, right? Like 
none of those were in uh, population one to start with, which I think is very, very cool. Um, I, this is it's interesting. This is where population one begins, right? Like they've had a they've had a good strong start. They came out the gates uh, like a couple of weeks ago and said they've made what ten million on Facebook headsets so far uh, in revenue. So a, a strong start. This is where they're going to really start to push and see if it can really evolve into something. <clears throat> You know, that Fortnite is pulling I off. I mean, just to emphasize, weekend, weekend. though, I would say, I mean, strong start is underselling it. I think it's it's pretty impressive, right? I mean, this this game only came out a couple months ago, and it's already in the very, very tip top of the of the revenue charts in terms of, you know, VR games. So um, it's, it's definitely an impressive, very, very strong start. And... Um, I'm eager to see what they do because, like you said, the the ongoing events and um, regular updates and seasonal changes that's that's what these games have to do to survive. You know, that's what mm. Fortnite has done better than anybody. That's what PUBG does, Warzone, um, all those kind of games continue to deliver new content on a regular basis. And so that's that's what Population One is going to have to do. And I mean, they they have a much smaller scale. It's only 16 players on the map. Um, but they've already done some cool stuff. They they have some really cool skins that people have you know been eager to try. Uh, whenever I play this game, you know I talk to people that I play with, and they all say like, you know, I, I might not play this game for a couple of weeks, but I'll always come back because of the updates. You know, people want to mm-hmm. try out the new stuff, and they just did a new they uh, the darkest day update where they had the night map and they had a, a new game mode where it was eight versus eight instead of you know multiple teams of three. Um, so it's, you know, I think they're doing a good job. I hope it can continue because it's, it's got a lot of potential to grow and it's easily one of my favorite VR games out there. Yeah. I wonder if they'll, uh, get, get to the point, obviously they'll never be as successful as Fortnite because no one is ever going to be that successful, but I wonder if they'll get to the point where maybe they can start doing little branded content. Maybe they could do some cool VR tie-ins. Like maybe you could get a skin from, Lone Echo or, or Asgard's Wrath, stuff like that would be really, yeah. really cool, right? I would love to start that seeing would be some awesome. of that stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that would be so cool. Yeah, because I, I, right now, like, I, I I like the theme of the game and I, I like what the game does. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see any kind of, like, skin here. I wouldn't see that as, like, a goal to achieve in a season. I wouldn't be like, I've got to keep playing so I can earn this new skin or anything like that. But then I am a Fortnite player that likes to, you know, unlock every Marvel skin and Halo skin and whatnot. I'm I'm a fanboy for that kind of stuff. So I'm really interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, Alex I think that's Half-Life that's where Fortnite amazing. has really excelled is um those um partnerships with other, you know, companies and bringing skins over that so I'm I'm hoping they can. That'd be pretty amazing. And I mean, it's there's a lot of obvious ones out there too, right? Like you know, games like this. Um, if this game had been out when Ready Player One came out, you know, like obviously that would have been a great opportunity there uh, for some content mm. skins of some kind, and yeah. So fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah, for sure. See how it goes, but yeah, like I said, like encouraging stuff, and uh, I hope I hope for many more seasons to come. Yeah, I think Population One is going to be around for a while. It seems like they have a, a good premise and good concept, and uh, the, the long delay seems to really help them plan out content. So I think that was uh, pretty smart on their part, so they could hit the ground running. We haven't heard anything about the PSVR version in a while, have we? Like, that's meant to be happening, no. right? But we just... No, they, they just told haven't. us it's coming, but we don't know exactly when. 
Um, that's okay. that's something I should follow up on. I'll have to do that. And do it. our next news topic is a, a a new VR game, or it's a new game coming out soon that is getting VR support, we just found out. And that is Return to Nangrim. I think that's how you say it. I don't know, Nangrim. I, I, I haven't no said it out loud yet or heard it out loud. So <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just assume it. It's, yeah, sure. It looks pretty interesting. It's uh, The developers just emailed us today and I they said, check out our cinematic trailer. So I checked it out and I was like, oh, this actually looks pretty good. That's surprising. This is kind of um, like a, it's like a mix. They say it's a mix of Skyrim and uh, Hellblade and Lord of the Rings and you play as a dwarf that goes through some dwarven mines kind of like investigating what happened to this like once notorious and powerful dwarven family family that ruled the mines um and I just think gameplay wise yeah it looks it looks pretty promising it's going to have optional VR support like you said um with full motion controller support I managed to just confirm that like a, an hour ago actually uh this is footage we're seeing right now it's actually 2 years old it's like prototyping stuff Looks very Skyrimy. I'm sure you've already noticed, David. Um, yeah. And there's going to be there's going to be like procedural elements. So I think the idea is going to be like you do runs of the mines, and you know you encounter different enemies, like this horrid giant spider here. Um, and it, it's it's coming out next year. But I thought it was I thought it looked really cool. It looks quite polished. Uh, there's not a heck of a lot on the radar for PC VR right now, and this definitely. Uh, looks like a step up from a lot of the other stuff we've been seeing recently. So I kind of got high hopes for it. Um, we'll see. It's been in, it's been yeah. in development for two years, coming out in next year. So it will have been in development for a good three or four years by the time it's out. Much potential. Yeah, fingers crossed. It, it looks impressive. It's um, the, the trepidation I have is it definitely has that sort of overly produced, shiny, unreal engine kind of look. For sure. Um, that yeah, a lot of sure. tech demos have that end up not really being like fully realized games. I think that's that's something that sort of plagued um what was that one VR game that it seems like we we see it we saw a new trailer from them like every two months. They were in the showcase. Um uh, the the stealth game? No, it's an RPG. I can't remember the name of it now. It starts with an S Soul Keeper. It's Soul some- Keeper. Oh, Soul Keeper, yeah, there you go. Or something that, that it happens a lot, doesn't it? Something like Seeking Dawn kind of wanted yeah. to promise so much, so many hours of content, but I only managed to get there through padding out and grinding so much, right? Um, and I agree with you, this could definitely fall into that camp, especially because their most recent trailer was all CG and it was like, okay, well, that's nice, but where's where's the game? You haven't shown gameplay in two two years now. Um yeah, it's 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 tough. But that, I mean that's why I wanted to talk about Rhythm of the Universe earlier. Um, in the show because that I totally was getting those vibes from that and then it ended up impressing yeah. me. So let's hope this falls on the uh, Rhythm of the Universe side of things. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And thank you, Adam Hartzell, for highlighting some Steam Lunar Sale um, games. Assetto Corsa is three ninety nine. That's an incredibly cheap uh, price for that game. Uh, well, we'll have oh to God, check that out, insane. and we'll we'll write up an article highlighting some of those sales. Thank you for letting us know it's live. Yeah, that's really really good. Oh, I love yeah, that's a great deal. Are you having are overload's you having a cool one? Overload is one of those like six off shooters where you're, you can fly like up, down, left, right, forward, back, and kind of like a Star Blood. You remember that on PSVR? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Six yeah. six DOS shooters work really well for VR. Um, it's a lot of fun to kind of get in there and feel like the world is around you. Feel like that cockpit's really there, and then navigate through it. Makes me feel pretty sick quite a lot of the time, but I like it. It's worth risking the sickness. Sometimes you just got to cool. go there. <laughs> and there's so much. There's so much cheap content out there at the moment. Uh, more than just. I'm finding this increasingly, and I think this is going to bleed into VR, so I think it's relevant to talk about. With the advent of like the deals you're getting on PlayStation Plus, which occasionally include you know, like VR games like uh, Concrete Genies on there this month, uh, Game Pass, uh, and then you know, like Epic Games giving out free games on the, uh, every week now, pretty much, on their store. And then these really, really good value Steam steam sales i'm getting i'm finding it harder and harder to be like buy this game now when it's new and play it all the way through straight away i'm i'm just yeah. increasingly of the opinion of why would i like ratchet and clank got announced uh to be coming out on june 11th today and i went straight to the store to look at the price yeah yeah it's june 11th spoilers I'll oh spoil. my god I'm sorry that's it's exciting cost, it's an it's gonna cost 70 pounds in the uk that's a lot. That's more. Wow. That is a lot of money. Like all the PS5 exclusives so far that have come out have been seventy pounds. And yeah, in in the age of New Year's lunar sales and whatnot, I just I'm finding it hard, man. And I, I do think it bleeds into VR as well because you know Oculus Store sales are pretty rife. Five Port seems to be a pretty good deal. Five Port Infinity these days. It's yeah. it's it's funny. To, it's a funny time for VR to be coming about because we are seeing these models like dramatically evolve and, and if microsoft ever gets into vr you know v, that, that's going to play a big part in games pass one day that like that could overnight make whatever headset they've got like incredible value if they said okay here's our launch lineup on game pass and it's got i don't know like a hundred indies that you thought were really really good in the past five years and now just free to play or whatever could be amazing yeah yeah for sure it's um it's it's tricky because like you said, you know, it's hard because a lot of these games will be great and it's it's like, yeah, you know, you should totally play them. We give it a four out of five or five out of five and um but then, you know, if you if you each person's a totally different situation, you know, because of like right now, let's say tomorrow a new VR game came out, came out of nowhere, it was incredible, sixty dollars, we loved it. But then you have, you know, Half Life Alex or Walking Dead on sale for twenty or thirty bucks. It's like, I don't know, like, I mean, this game is great and it's brand new, but these other games are just as good and they're on sale. So it's like, you know, why buy games on, on release day anymore? And unless you're, you know, fully up to date and you've played everything, then it's, it's hard, you know, but because at the same time, developers have to have to make their money and, you know, they deserve uh, they deserve what they charge for their games. But it's, it's as a consumer, it's so difficult now because there's so many different options out there. Yeah, I mean, Medal of Honor is is twenty percent off at the moment, and that's that's a pretty significant reduction in price. Less than two months after it launched, at the end of the day, like, yeah. and I, I imagine that is you know due to the kind of lukewarm response to the game. I, I saw someone today saying they went in the multiplayer lobbies and it was just absolutely dead already, which isn't too encouraging. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's something to think about that as as we get further into consumer VR, like is Facebook going to be doing a game pass or something at some point as well? Cause they, 
they've they've got to be interested in something like that, right? Once you once you see the success Microsoft is having uh, with the Xbox equivalent right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they should. If you're listening, Facebook, make it happen. Bring back Marvel's Power United and put it on your Game Pass. <laughs> Yeah, can we talk about how that game died before it ever came to Quest, despite clearly being teased when the Quest announcement trailers? They just they they had well, what was it? They had someone wearing the holographic Hulk hands. They had like the Doctor Strange disc, or you know, like thing. And I mean, wasn't there a Wolverine moment in in the Quest trailer? In the original Quest trailer? Yeah. Say that again. But like, they 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 probably did. Sorry, yeah. I, I, Yeah. I I can't remember, but I think they did. Um, yeah, that is a, that is a real shame. It, it must have been hard to bring the size of those environments, four-player co-op, and then the amount of enemies on screen at once. Because you've got to imagine, if they were ever doing it, they were kind of hoping to put cross-play in there as well, right? And I'd imagine that that was probably just a hope too much. And uh, they've got other games from their library they want to port over at the end of the day that are more important. You know, Robo Recall had to get out there at the end of the day, and... Uh, yeah. whatever the Echo VR has taken so long to get there as well because it is it is such a challenge to get it there and uh, that one just it must have been so dead right like it must I remember when that game came out we reviewed it and I gave it I think I gave it a 6 out of 10 back when we had the 10 point scale and I remember reading comments people being like what are you talking about this game's great I'm having so much fun with it and then the next week just no one was talking about it because they had just completely yeah. forgotten about it straight away and moved straight on to something else. Because there was just, it's just once you played one match, you played the entire thing, like same objectives over and over again. There were like yeah. three different character types, unless you're someone like Wolverine that is like quite unique to the game. What a waste. Why not just have a Captain America VR game? That's what I ask you. What a waste. Yeah, because remember the prologue? I feel like the prologue was the best part of that entire game. Oh, God, yeah. It was like a scripted yeah, sure. narrative moment where you got to play as Captain America and you went through the city, you fought enemies, you like teamed up with the different characters. There was great voice acting. There was this epic moment at the top of Avengers Tower at the end. And then it just becomes like a complete, you know, rinse and repeat regurgitated co-op brawler after that. And I don't know. It was, it was almost like a bait and switch. Like the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is awesome. And then it just completely devolved after that. Yeah, for sure. You see uh, you see Spider-Man like swing in. He does like a backflip, lands on a, uh, like the side of a building, jumps down into the uh, battle. You're like, oh, so cool. And then you go to play as Spider-Man and you're like using the analog stick to like run around going. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like Spider-Man right now. It's not great. Rest in peace, King. Yep, a Spider-Man game without web swinging. That's uh, that's that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hard though, not not easy to do. I'll give them that. And I think I the the last thing that we're really going to talk about today, our big topic uh, for today, which is completely different from everything else that we've talked about. So there's not really a good way to segue, and so I'm just going to change topics now, shifting gears. Well, good segue. You know, there we go. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about non-games, some VR films and experiences and other types of apps. And uh, recently, I believe yesterday, I think, uh, Jamie published his list of the top 10 best VR movies, VR films, experiences, those kind of things. And, and uh, it's ranked. So he has actually ranked them 
from the tenth best to the first best, with two honorable mentions at the top. And we're going to break it down for you. We're going to tell you what the top ten best ones are that you absolutely should check out. Um, so before we get to number ten, quickly shout out to uh, Felix and Paul Studios for their awesome, amazing things that they've done. Um, theirs are not on the list of the top 10, but you should still check them out. They do a lot of really cool live action stuff. Um, really impressive 360 videos and stuff like that. And uh, last guardian as well. That is a interactive PSVR, a free download on PSVR um, for it is a tie in VR experience to the last guardian from team Ico studios and definitely recommend it. Um, but without further ado, number 10 on the list was this guy right here. Mr. Gloomy Eyes. Gloomy Eyes. This is. Have you seen Gloomy Eyes? I have not. It's, it's really cool. It's uh, it's narrated by Colin Farrell, so you get some lovely, authentic Irish accent in there that you know really soothe you. But it's kind of like uh, a nightmare before Christmas in VR. Gloomy over here is like a zombie boy, um, and he falls in love with a human girl, and you know the worlds of the living and the undead. If you didn't know this, don't mesh too well. Um, and, you know, they get up to some misadventures. But it's it's one of those ones where it uses kind of like a miniature diorama set. Um, and it's just an absolute delight to kind of like lean into this world, see those events unfold as if they're really happening in front of you. I still, I still maintain that like train set VR is like best VR for me like right now because it really feels like when you're playing Astrobot or when you're playing Moss or something like that, it really feels like those things are there. Those are like action figures you're playing with. And it, to my mind, still blows this deck. Uh, to this day still blows my mind even um and you get that all over again with gloomy eyes it's a really 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 fantastic watch you can see this on quest uh you can i think you can see it on steam vr um and i absolutely recommend that you do the next on the list number nine is bonfire from baobab i think is how you say it studios yeah um, they, baobab, i think it is baobab they, they do some incredible stuff they have a lot of great things but uh, bonfire in particular is very good i i like bonfire a lot uh, it's very endearing there's this really cute uh creature on this planet where you're stranded and um, there, you're in the middle of a forest with a fire and in the distance you know behind the trees you can see this creature kind of poking its head out looking around and uh, you have this really charming robot here that's voiced by what's her name i cannot remember Anybody? her name there we go the comedian yeah and she's uh, really funny. The robot's really funny. And the, the monster is like, at first, it's kind of creepy. You're thinking like it's going to, you know, attack you. But then once it gets closer, you realize it's like really, you know, really kind of shy and very cute. And um, it's it's a great just interactive little story that's not very long, um, but it's got a lot of charm. And the voice acting and, you know, direction of it is all just really great. And I think they did a really good job with this one. It's one of their best. Yeah, I, the the reason I think it deserves a spot on the list as well is you're you're right that Baobab has made some really great stuff in the past, like Invasion's really fun, uh, Asteroids that followed it followed it up is quite fun as well, and they've you know people have been calling them the Pixar of VR for that reason. But in this, they introduce interactivity, so it's not just a movie; it is you know it's a narrative experience, but you can reach out, interact with the world. And I think that helps create some really compelling additional layers to your relationship with both characters in it. Um, and, you know, I, I, in my opinion, this is still Baobab's best movie, the one that came after uh, Baba Yaga. I, I was okay. I don't think it was, uh, 
quite as experimental as this, quite as interesting as this. And then they just released another passive film, which is kind of back to that kind of early stuff that they did. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely hoping they kind of lean further into what they learned with Bonfire in the future, because I, I think it's really sweet and entertaining and the interaction is just brilliant. Definitely. Uh, the, the next on the list, number eight, is one that um, some comments on the article have already taken issue with. Uh, Jamie, you, surprise, you gave surprise. number eight to Star Wars Vader Immortal, which people are, are, are trying to inform you is a game. It is not a movie. It is not an experience. It is a game, Jamie. A game so what do you say to those die? people? Vader Immortal is, I mean, first of all, we, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a huge hypocrite, but it's also in our list of the best games because if you are a wow. gamer and you want, <laughs> you want wow. an authentic Star Wars experience, it's a really, really good destination for that. But, but Unsubscribe. I don't even want to hear it. You can find, the developers will back me up on this. You, the interaction here is not about gamified, live, die, survive, get a high score, you know, prove that you're the best. The idea of the interaction here is that if your dad saw Empire Strikes Back in the cinema, what, like 50, well, 40, 50 years ago now, and has never played a video game in his entire life, he can dive in and have an hour and a half VR experience where all of these interactions are, you know, not puzzles, they're not... Yeah, like I said, they're not like uh, hit the right amount of stormtroopers, otherwise you die. It roots you in the action and makes you want to be a part of the story, not a part of the gameplay. So like things like when you're hacking a door, it doesn't like eject like a, this elaborate puzzle that you have to connect all the wires, you know, in the right order or anything. It just says, just pull this lever and push this button and twist this handle. All these kind of things that feel really, really cool in VR, but aren't necessarily like challenging things to do. And the best, so, the best thing, I guess, in your in your opinion. Let, so let, let me rephrase the question. Then let, let me put it the the opposite direction. So, what makes it like an interactive experience? What makes it like a cinematic VR, you know, film as opposed to just a really, really simple, boring game with good set dressing? So, in the list, it's called best VR movies and experiences. And I've been using the term experience for the past couple of years to kind of, you know, uh, categorize these kinds of apps that actually don't really fit between either one, yeah. in my opinion. Like IGN reviewed Vader Immortal and IGN's a gaming website. They reviewed it as a game and they gave it a six out of 10, which as a game, yeah, it is a six out of 10 because like there's a million other better Star Wars games with much deeper uh, lightsaber combat, you know, hours more worth of content, all the kinds of RPG mechanics you want and stuff like that. That's not what this is about. This is not about, you know, challenging gamers. That's not who they were speaking to when they started developing it. It's about giving, making you stand in the presence of Darth Vader and making you really feel like you're there. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you have those kind of interactive elements as well. So this, this is something that speaks to ultimately where I think VR as a medium is going to land, which is, you know, you don't necessarily always need to have that kind of Skyrim style, like RPG yeah. stats, multiple uh, hours of content and whatnot. You're going to find new experiences that learn from games and learn from films and bring them both together. Um, and you will, and because of that, you'll, you'll reach loads, loads more people because 
people don't need to be experienced gamers to play with Vader Immortal. Um, so I, I, that's something yeah, I feel I very think, strongly about. I, yeah, I think different. a good example of that for me that I've seen in my personal life is uh, my brother-in-law is a big gamer. He plays, you know, Halo, Call of Duty. He loves like Skyrim, Mass Effect. He plays a lot of the really big, long games. He's like a, a core AAA gamer, like very stereotypical type of person. And uh, he tried Vader Immortal and didn't finish the first episode. He got bored. Um, but I put right. my father-in-law in there who doesn't play games. He played all three in one just session. He exactly, loved it. Yeah. Just fell in love. You know, he's a big Star Wars, Star Trek fan. And he just completely got just totally sucked in. Uh, but I put him in Star Wars Squadrons and he maybe played 15, 20 minutes, but it was too complicated. My, bro- my brother-in-law played almost two hours straight. Um, yep. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's what you said. It's not, it's not really a game at, at all. It's not for gamers necessarily. It's for people that want to be immersed in being like they're inside of Star Wars. And I think they accomplished that. Um, more than they accomplish a compelling, you know, gameplay experience. Yeah, for sure. And 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 the reason it go it then gets in the game list as well is because then it has the wave based combat modes, which are entirely separate, entirely optional, but just some of the most fun you can have in VR. Um, so I, I I think you know, like in the early days of VR, we're just going to be seeing a lot of these experiences that do have that overlap. Um, yeah. And I think this is absolutely one of the best examples of them. Agreed. I think it, I think it deserves a spot on this list. I'm glad you put it there. And uh, the commenter that said it's a game is wrong. So I don't remember who, what their name is, oh. but let's just say they're wrong. If you're here in the chat, yep. uh, I, I don't want to hear from you. you. You don't have a voice. Anyway, moving on to, I'm, I'm just kidding, by the way. Number seven <laughs> on our list of the best non-game VR movies experiences is uh, The Line. This one is Emmy winning. I have not tried it yet myself, um, but it is very, very highly regarded. So can you tell us a little bit about the line? Yeah, this is one that um, I know Harry really, really loves. And I, I do think is a very nice special piece. It's uh, it's from Arvor, the guys that made uh, the pixel ripped games, uh, which is surprising, right? Like you wouldn't, this is not why I would have expected them to do as a kind of side project to pixel rip. I'm really glad they did. It's uh, it's kind of like this. Again, it's another one of those model train set things, but this time a bit more literally. As you can see in this picture here, our characters are actually like little action figures, uh, kind of like, uh, what's, what's the term when you wind up a toy? Is it like just a wind toy? <laughs> or is it like, you you wind it up and like they move is what I basically mean. Um, and you kind of watch like this kind of little love story play out. I. I I think it's really cool because, uh, as as Harry said, it's like it's all hand tracking with that one. There's not much interactivity, but it oh, kind of great. breaks down the it take uh, it breaks down the the barriers a bit more for getting into VR movies. Um, and I just yeah, I think again, it's one of those ones that's an absolute visual treat uh, and something to really sit back and admire. And absolutely deserve the awards it won. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they do story wise, as opposed to just continuing on with pixel ripped as well for sure yeah yeah i think it shows a tremendous a tremendous amount of range for that developer which um was surprising like you said and i'm I'm excited to see what else they do for sure and um we're about to reach the halfway point of our list at number six uh this one is one that should be familiar to most people that have uh been using vr for you know more than the past year or so uh this one is dear angelica uh, this is one of the 
um, most well-known and uh, one of the first truly, um, I guess, breakout uh, VR experiences, you know, movies that were, that is uh, purely passive, you know, it is just, you're there inside of the animation as it's happening. And it is, uh, it was made by the same team that created Quill, which is the VR art app, which that's, um, has a very distinct style. It's almost like watercolor drawing and painting. It's uh, very different from tilt brush. It, you can tell immediately it's not tilt brush. It's something different. And uh, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, Dear Angelica is um, well known as one of the first VR apps to make plenty of people cry, you know, inside their headset. <laughs> it's uh, extremely emotional. It is uh, captivating in every sense of the word. It is um, just fantastic. And I, for me personally, I think it's probably my favorite on this list uh, on a personal level. Um, I love Dear Angelica. It's one of the first things that I showed my wife whenever um, it came to Quest. It was um, being able to have it wirelessly was so great. So you can just more easily move around and not get tripped up in the wire and turn and stuff. And it's uh, I, I don't really want to spoil it too much. I guess the you know the the general gist of it is you're um, seeing it from the point of view of a daughter, a young girl, where whose mother was a actress in a lot of different movies and wasn't very present during her childhood. And um, it's it's an incredible story. Um, highly recommended. It. It's free. You can check it out. Um, it's it's one of the must sees, I would say for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's made by Oculus Story Studio. I think the really significant thing about this for me is Oculus Story Studio was only around for about a year, maybe a bit more. Um, and they put out three things in that time. And the first one was called Loss, which I thought was you know fine, just entirely forgettable. Henry, which I know lots of uh, the VR, the VR elite veteran crowd are very nostalgic for, but again, I think had some real, real problems. I know John Carmack loves Henry. I think Henry, Hen- Henry, Henry won an Emmy as well, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, for sure. Um, this dear Angelica, you know, I'm glad you led with saying it's one of the first great VR movies because that is exactly what I was going to say. It was the first time like a light bulb was going off in my head as I was watching a movie in VR, thinking these people understand why a movie needs to be in a headset as opposed to just taking something that could have been on a flat screen and putting it in a headset, which has no value at all, really. Um, I absolutely recommend you seek this one out. If you can, see it on the Oculus Rift because the Quest version's like freed off. It's not uh, not the proper sixed off version. Uh, it's still good, but if you can see it on PC, that's the place to do it. Awesome. Yes, highly recommend Dear Angelica to everybody. It's one of those that I think everyone should experience at least once. And it's pretty short. It's not It's not very long. So it's, it's yeah. not like a huge time commitment. I think it's only like 20 minutes, right? It's not super long. I don't think it's even that. I think it's close to like 10, if that. Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I so, remember. Anyway, you must go seek it out. Um, next up is another one that I particularly uh, love uh, on this list, and that is uh, number five is Fears. Um, this one mm. is another that is um, very clearly not a game. You know, this is like Dear Angelica. It's like um, Bonfire in uh, The Line. You know, this is one of those that you can't even really mistake it for a game. It's clearly, you know, it's something that you just exist inside of as it's happening. You experience it. That's why we call them experiences. And it is, it's really breathtaking. It's uh, visually just amazing. It's got an incredible, well-done narration from really well-known, you know, AAA Hollywood, Hollywood talent. And um, it's, it's great. It's essentially, you know, a story about space. You know, you're existing inside of 
things like black holes as they're expanding and, you know, stars exploding and um, it's scientific, but also kind of sci-fi. It's very, it's just, it's incredible. You know, it's one of those ones that just kind of has you stop and just, you know, look around with your mouth hanging open and it's just, it's really, really just mesmerizing. Yeah. I said in, I said in the article, I said, this is like the VR equivalent of like going to one of those giant IMAX nature screening yes, things yeah, on a yeah. giant giant screen that, that is exactly what spheres is it is probably the i would say one of the most awe-inspiring things you can see in vr today for sure it, it's mind-blowing and a really great uh bit of proof about how strong educational vr can be when done right like it put you there it told you some really amazing facts and then lets you interact with them in a way that kind of leaves a lasting impression. Um, yeah, I fully agree with everything you said. I think Spears is fantastic. Yeah. Luca makes a good point that it's one of those ones that um, was talked about a lot when it was first kind of making the rounds at film festivals. Then after it came out publicly, it kind of fizzled out. And I think that happens with a lot of stuff from Sundance, you know, yeah. where things, you know, we see it early, you know, like a year before it actually releases and we fall in love and we love it and we've written about it. Uh, but then once it finally comes out, it's kind of like, you know, how, how many times can you say the same thing? You know, it's kind of like I, we fully endorse it. We we love it. We think you should watch it. But outside of republishing what we wrote two years ago, there's not much else to say. Well, and, and, and this is also why I wanted to do this list um, yeah. is because these these things, Spheres is available to download on Rift and Quest. It's just those are primarily gaming stores at the moment. And, you know, these, these things kind of get passed up. They don't, people go yeah. onto the quest store to find population one, to find the walking dead and stuff like that. VR doesn't have enough of a, uh, I guess, reputation as a movie, a storytelling device, really at the end of the day. Yeah. People don't really buy quests just to watch movies right now. And I'm hoping that day comes and and if that day does come, yeah. I want you know like this this foundation of these movies to be available somewhere, and someone to be saying, "Go out and see this stuff because it's really really fantastic," and it's building on what's going to come, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so you you can go and see Spheres if you want to. You can you can pay you can pay for it, and I I think it's worth the money personally. Word. And now we're getting into the elite of our list, the top four. Uh, coming in at number four is another um, entry that people in the comments of the article have told Jamie, they have politely informed him it is actually a game, that it should not be oh. on this list. Um, similar right. to Vader Immortal. Um, and number four is Accounting Plus from Squanch and Crows, Crows, Crows. And it is, uh, it is it's something. I will say that. It is, it is certainly <laughs> a thing that exists. <laughs> yeah. It's what, like, tell me, as much as you can say Accounting Plus isn't a film, it's a game. What is a game about Accounting Plus? You you, you kind of go in, see an environment, maybe interact with it a bit, move on to the next one, move on to the next one. In about 20 minutes or half an hour, depending on how long you spend with it, you're done. Then you're back at the start. But again, there's no puzzle. There's no real, like, objective or anything like that. The power of Accounting Plus well, is all in its say, characters. I would say yeah. some of the scenes, some of the scenes have puzzle mechanics. I would say, the, the the xylophone kind of is a puzzle, and 
Um, is it? It's just pick it up and you do what you naturally would start to do with the xylophone. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying that there are moments where in order to progress, you have to figure out what to do next. Kind of like an adventure game, sort of. I, I know what you mean, but the, that's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's not built on, like, dependable repetitive mechanics or anything like that it's it's just built on the idea of what would a human do in this environment and they kind of yeah. naturally figure it out right i do i do appreciate what you mean it's like double fine a lot of the solutions half the time no, so i agree i agree with you outlandish and crazy um but to me you know i guess i guess what i would say is the best things about accounting plus again are the things that anyone can experience which is to have the angry tree guy thing <laughs> shouting at you and you'd be thinking like what the yeah, hell did yeah. i do that is a moment that if you're interested in VR movies, you should definitely watch because it tells yeah. you exactly what is different about VR from films before it. That guy made me feel really awkward. He made me feel like I'd done something really, really wrong. And that's not something a movie can do at the end of the and day. The, uh, like, the courtroom scene is just incredible. And yeah. um, the, the bones, the, the, the xylophone part, I was... I was in tears the first time that I did that. I was laughing so much. And so to answer the comments real quick, some people are asking, yeah. is this, is it good? Is it worth it? So, I mean, it's number four on our list here. So we're telling you it's very good. Um, if you like Rick and Morty, if you like Trevor Saves the Universe, if you are a fan of Justin Roiland's sense of humor, then yes, accounting is absolutely worth the money. And it is uh, very funny. If you don't like that, if you don't like Rick and Morty, you don't like Justin Roiland, then no, I would say don't, don't even bother. It's, um, you know, it's it's very much his sense of humor, I think. And 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 to add to that, again, just to say, we are doing a list of the best VR movies here. Do not buy Accounting Plus thinking you're going to get like even like three hours of gameplay out of it, and right. that it's going to be a really deep gaming experience. It is not that. It's something that is done in about half an hour. So if you are okay with throwing money at those kinds of VR experiences, then absolutely. I will also say the legacy version, just Accounting, is still available on. Um, on steam and that's got some of the best bits in it so if you want to watch that and not pay anything that's that's not a bad way to do it yeah and um also it you can get more time out of it if you want there's um a lot of the scenes can go on for a very long time <laughs> they have a lot of dialogue in this that um is uh optionally experienced i'll say i mean if you just linger yep. around characters and don't do what you're supposed to do it'll um create a lot of really funny moments so you can you can milk it and get a lot of time out of it if you want where is the power it's also one of those on ones that's just that? it's just hilarious to hand the headset to someone and have them try it and see what their reaction is i mean it's so funny so yeah there's 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 bits in that that I don't want to spoil it because one of my all-time favorite moments is when you meet the uh, you meet someone and uh, there's a very very unfortunate mishap uh, involving kitchen utensils. Um, but that's still one of my all-time <laughs> favorite moments because I just felt I I just felt absolutely terrible in that moment in a way that a game or a film never could. And that was one of those you know real like VR is really something moments for me, which is why I think you should you should watch. Or play yes. accounting. And on, on the complete opposite other end of the spectrum, at number three, uh, we have Wolves and the Walls. Um, this is one that if you've ever watched an Upload VR podcast or read a best of article written by me, you will have heard me talk about this probably at least once. Um, I have been a 
champion of this one ever since I first tried it years ago, and it's it's it complete is. now, so you can experience the whole thing. Um, this is based on the Neil Gaiman children's book uh, of the same title, uh, featuring I believe her name's Lucy. I think that's if I'm not if I'm not misremembering, I think her name's Lucy, and um, it's 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 a great story. First of all. It's an extremely emotional story that has a, dealt with some really kind of, you know, tense and, uh, you know, tough material if you read between the lines. And um, the the actual experience itself is also just extremely unique because uh, what they've done here is the, the character of Lucy is so well written with so much interactivity with the the user that... She feels more alive than most characters in a VR experience do or a VR game. Um, the writing, the AI, the the way that her eyes, you know, look at you and follow you, the way she walks around and, you know, hands you things. And it's if it makes you feel like you're her friend, you know, she does a great job of of establishing of like establishing you inside of her world. And it's it's just so it's just it's so like magnetic the way that she connects yeah. with you. It just feels so realistic, even though it's cartoon visuals like it's just so well done and the story is it's it's extremely like i mean i don't, I don't want to spoil things but you know it's uh it's about a little girl that lives up in an attic and she it has these stories about you know air quotes wolves and the walls of uh, noises and the beginning of the experience is she is drawing you to life with her you know a chalk she draws an outline of you and you step into her world as like her imaginary friend. And it's just, it's amazing. So um, I, I cannot say enough good things about it. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it gets number three, but I think because everything that I was talking about with accounting and everything I was talking about with Star Wars in terms of like meeting characters and interacting with them, this is far and away the best example of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the company that that made this. I, I'm drawing a blank on their name now. Um, oh, it's uh, <laughs> nuts. Fable Studio. Fable, yes. Um, they they're founded by people that were at Oculus Story Studio. Um, so they obviously have a long history of interactive storytelling, and um, they now head up the Virtual Beings Conference. You know, so they're mm -hmm. kind of at the forefront of um, virtual characters that you interact with, you know, like uh, virtual assistants, the, uh, what's the uh, magic leap headset AI that Maya, I think, is that her name? Oh yeah. Maya. Um, you know, that entire like genre of interactivity of, you know, virtual AI that you talk with and talk to is uh, their bread and butter. You know, the next um, experience they're working on after wolves on the walls, I think it was whispers in the night is the name. It's another one featuring the same character of Lucy where the entire thing is based on conversations with her. Um, and she remembers what you say and you come back and you have like ongoing relationship with Lucy and um, it's, you know, they're doing some incredible stuff. I can't wait to see what they do. Imagine if uh, Micah, Micah, thank you. Thank you. Heaney in the chat. Micah is the magically. Oh, okay. Imagine if uh, Microsoft had kept going with project Milo back in the day. Oh yeah. How far advanced. And then you could meet Milo in VR now. I mean, he'd be all grown up by now. He wouldn't be a young boy anymore, but you know what? That, that reminds weird, me that I didn't even think about this, but whenever Apple gets into this, what if you get to meet Siri? That'd be so cool. Shake Siri's hand. He's yeah. a real person. That will be yeah, and really, I've, really trippy. I'm honestly surprised that uh, Microsoft, whenever they did their Windows Mixed Reality, they didn't have you meet Cortana. I mean, it seems like such That'd a slam so dunk. Cool, right? 
Yeah. yeah. Like just have her as like a real thing there. Yeah, that would be really, really cool. Might still happen one day. Hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, now we're getting into our top two. Uh, these final two, I know, are ones that Jamie is particularly passionate about, so I'll let him mm. mostly speak about these final two. The second one, uh, coming in number two, is Battle Scar. This is a recent one. Oh, yeah. Battle Scar came out a couple of weeks ago, and actually probably was the reason why I was like, why is no one talking about these experiences that much? I need to go and make a list of the best stuff so people know about this. Battle Scar is about a half an hour movie uh, starring uh, these two right here, Lupe and Debbie. Um, and it is set in 1970s New York. Uh, these two girls get thrown into the kind of punk scene. They want to make a name for themselves. They want to prove they have it, uh, which, you know, in the New York punk scene, who knows what that means, but probably something horrible. Um, and they go on this, you know, series of misadventures over the course of this half hour. And, and the incredible thing about Battlescar is it is all passive. There is no interactivity to it whatsoever. So it is the truest sense of a VR movie in this list. Um, and it changes up storytelling styles, like probably every like 30 seconds, there's a new way of the, the story is coming at you. So it might start out as like a diorama sized set, but then maybe let's say Debbie gets on a motorbike and Lupe, uh, Lupe sorry, uh, gets on the back. Then you go into first person. Then suddenly they get into like a fight and it turns into like this virtual comic book strip. And then suddenly at one point they're running home and it's like a level of Super Mario Bros., and it's incredible and it is electric to watch and it is different in every single scene and always keeps you guessing. And I, so I, remember I have I a question to, about that. And yeah, uh, this is some, something kind of alluded to in the chat here. Bass, Bass Pilot says um, they were kind of disappointed because it felt all over the place and rushed. Do you think it, I mean, because it's what you're describing, I could understand it kind of feeling scattered and not really having a clear direction. I can um, understand direction, that for so. sure. So I do, I mean, that. do you think that that that's part of the reason you like it? Is that um, what you're saying? Well, so w when it comes to the rushed thing, I will say that if you watch it on Quest, the visuals suffer a little bit, um, which might have contributed to that kind of feeling that it doesn't feel quite done. If I, I think the PC VR version is still coming, but it looks a lot sharper there. I do actually. Mm. I can understand why you would see it that way. I, I was about to say that I spoke to the directors a couple of years ago and they said they made it like this because in their opinion, all the current VR movies, the, the non-interactive ones are really boring because you're just lingering in this space. And while someone's talking to you or something like that, you know, you're not, you're not really engaging. You're looking around, you're seeing if you can pick up the coffee mug or something. And like maybe the narrative's getting lost on you. Maybe you're getting bored and fidgety. Um, and this yeah. was a direct response to that. And 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 for me, I, I, I totally actually uh, sympathize with you there, Base Pilot. I, I, don't say sorry. Like, it's entirely your opinion, and I, it's an entirely legitimate opinion. It's no more legitimate than uh, – wait, no, it's, it's just as legitimate, sorry, as, uh, as my opinion on it. So if it doesn't work for you, that's absolutely fine. Um, but for me, that electricity gives the film – a pulse that no other VR movie has had for me really. Um, yeah. And I just think it's an absolute uh, delight to watch, but I, I entirely understand that point of view too. Cool. Cool. I, I need to check it out. It's uh, it sounds interesting and it's, you know, kind of bite-sized in a way. So it's uh, something that you can digest pretty quickly. It's not a huge time commitment. Um, yeah, it sounds, sure. it sounds awesome. Uh, so yep. the, the final 
entry on our list here, the number one best overall non-game VR movie slash film slash experience slash other is... No, you say it. I haven't got the list in front of me. <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> the Under Presents... Oh yeah, the under presents, <laughs> and that <laughs> is why uh, that this is chiefly, I guess, why I would say I, I've I've called it best VR movie slash experiences because the under presents more than anything else probably doesn't well definitely doesn't have like a narrative through line. There are elements of it that are quite movieish. There are elements of it that are actually social VR, which is very very interesting. Um, what happens in the under presents? is you go into a virtual club called The Under uh, and there is a set of like pre-recorded automatic performances there on a, on a stage every once in a while, uh, like you're seeing here. Um, you've also got this kind of weird guide you just thought, saw for a second there taking you through this fantastical world. Uh, there's like a set cinematic story so that it does, you know, qualify in the film category as well where you kind of, it's like a murder mystery sort of thing on a set on a kind of summer cruise sort of thing, which is really, really fun. The most incredible element of the under presents and this unfortunately has been kind of scaled back a bit now because it's, you know, financially very hard to keep it going is there are live elements to it where actors come in and you might just happen upon them and they'll take you on like an adventure, uh, like do some interesting story stuff. They might run a game show with you standing there. Or um, last year they ran like a, a virtual production of The Tempest, which was absolutely amazing, especially to be doing that in lockdown. So it's doing all of these really interesting artsy storytelling things that are really, really breaking new ground in VR. And even though, yeah, like I said, some of the like live elements of it have now been scaled back, the, the things it was doing at that time, I think are so important that it should be number one on this list. And I think the 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 content that's still there is still really really compelling really really powerful and because it's so different in terms of yeah you have this movie element and you also have this social vr element and you also have this live element it's just this really really unwieldy beast that i think i think it does each of those elements so well that they would have you know made a, a compelling case for the top spot by themselves but as all three of them together I think this is absolutely the definitive VR experience that you could see uh, today. Cool. So, yeah. Have you, have, you, have you never been into The Under, David? It's weird. It's freaky. I'm not sure you'd like it. Uh, I tried it uh, briefly um, back whenever they were doing The Tempest. And, um, eh, it, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, I mean, I mean it's 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 theater. It's it's yeah. That's why it wasn't day. for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think there's a lot there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on with VR, live VR. Um, most of it is yeah. like we've been saying, like locked behind like Sundance. There's like a certain amount of shows at Sundance. So again, people can't really see see it for themselves. This is the, the best example of live VR, in my opinion, and. Uh, still available and really, really cool. But, you know, if, if that doesn't sound like your thing, then I, I will forgive you for switching this over with Battlescar. You can have that instead. All right, perfect. Could, it, could a VR mode save Anthem? Nothing can save Anthem. <laughs> but nice try. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, I mean, also Anthem is a third-person, you know, Iron Man simulator, so it's not really a, a perfectly easy fit for VR. <clears throat> I, I liked Anthem yeah. too, Mike. I, I actually liked the combat a lot. The gameplay is amazing. Visually, it was incredible. I liked Anthem personally. I, I mean, I, I recognize all the flaws, though. It, it deserved what it got, but it, I did like parts of it. Uh, cool. Yep. So that's our list of the top 10 best VR movies slash film slash experiences. And uh, all of them are worth your time, at least to check out. And um, we hope you found out about some cool things that you didn't know about. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. yeah, so thank you everyone for tuning in. That was another episode of the VR Download. On Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, we record our content-focused episode of the show which is all about games and experiences and that kind of stuff on mondays at 1 p.m pacific is when ian and other usually heaney or kyle uh, join him in the same studio to talk about vr hardware talk about the industry different topics in the world of vr and ar um, usually not you know beholden to specifically talking about games and movies and experiences as much and uh, yeah, so two different versions of the same show twice a week here on YouTube and on audio podcast platforms uh, of your choosing. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back again on Monday, like I said. And uh, we also stream games here on the channel as well. So if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to get notified when we go live. And more importantly, hit the join button to become a member here on our YouTube channel so that you can get cool emotes in the chat. You get a cool badge next to your name and you can be entered into the uh, the the Valhalla of Upload VR's YouTube where you can be immortalized just like Dominique Frutchman, John Westra, oh, B.R. Shaw, Timmy Brown, and Adam Hartzell, our current members. Thank you very much. Uh, Jamie, any last words? Yeah, no, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, that, those are my words. I love you all. Thank you for watching. Yes, yes. Mike Ward, thank you. Visit Amazon.com and type in Upload VR to find our awesome T-shirts and hoodies and pop sockets for your phones. Buy one. It'll go towards feeding my son, who is a, a young child. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I thank don't you. see a dime of that. So. <laughs> no, it's just specifically for my son. That's it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Have a good weekend. All right. Catch you later, guys.